Hello, everybody. How are we doing? How are we doing? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to Row on the Row. A Billionaire's Row podcast. We're getting good at this, yeah. you know. Um, madness has set in. Just a little bit. Yeah, playing our role. Been stuck in this room for a good four hours now. Yeah, just about. Making friends with the wall. Firstly, how are you, Joel? I'm doing good, thank you. Yeah, there's um, not much to update each other with. Not really. <laughs> no, um, we can't really hide the illusions of the fact that we are rec- recording these um, one after the other. So we can't really give you any uh, more rehearsal updates. We can just give you an update of what we've been to during this yeah. week. You have been a very um, lucky bugger. You have been off to the cinema a couple I of times. I have been off to the cinema. For our R&R week. You know. Exactly. It's on theme, it's on theme, okay. It's all related. Yes. Full circle, Mama. Yeah. So on the theme of R&R, I went to see the new Scream movie, which got me nice and relaxed. Did you Did you enjoy it? I did. I loved yeah. it. I thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been received well, because um, the sequel to it has already been confirmed. Yes. Scream 6, which um, I'm looking forward to. I just... Scream has been one of my favourite horror movie franchises. Mm. Um, the issue I've had with it, and I want to know if you felt the same way... The the person they've chosen to be the main protagonist, her, her name was Sam. Yes. Her The actor's name is Melissa Barrera. Horrendous actor. I could not stand her. I don't know if, like, I know it's an opinion shared by some, but I, did you enjoy her? She was, I don't want to say my least favourite part, mm. but she was a very forgettable part of the movie. Yeah. I thought it was a great movie, some really great scenes. Like there were yeah. funny bits as well as scary bits. Yeah. But yeah, I don't she wasn't like a star of the movie in any way. She was me. giving me a bit of um Gal Gal Gadot school of acting. Yeah. You know, um I can't wait. I'm related tangent. I can't wait for Death on the Nile. Purely oh, because yes. of her line reading of with enough champagne to feel denial. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's going to be awful. I yeah. can't wait. Oh, God. Oh, especially with Army Hammer. Yeah. And Letty to write. Oh, my God. It's so good. <laughs> well, I'm glad you enjoyed that, but you also went yes. to see another film. I did. I went to see the new Matrix films, Matrix uh, Resurrection. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty decent, actually. Yeah. It was okay. Yeah. yeah. Enjoyed it as well. I mean, I feel like anything with uh, Jonathan Groff in it, you're just immediately going to go see. Exactly. But you've also, you also saw the, um, the two sequels. Um, I did, yes. Uh, quite a while ago now, but I have yeah. seen them. I would say that's a rare thing, but I think I was just stupid going to see the fourth film in a franchise that I have no recollection of. <laughs> well, uh, you see, two of my housemates did that as well. And mm. I thought, yeah, well, why would you do that? That's ridiculous. But perhaps it's more common than I thought it was. Yeah. So. Big, big dum-dums. <laughs> um, I think I now follow most of your house on Letterboxd as well. So it's always very fun, this seeing... <laughs> All the, all the film reviews getting outdated yeah. and I'm like I haven't met you in person yet but this is groovy yeah oh god um, any more films you're going to see in your escapades oh loads of them I can't remember we were going to see I can't remember what they're called anymore all sorts of stuff I want to see Nightmare Alley I was meant to see it the other day oh, but I missed fuck. it yes no I want um, to as well I've heard mixed things about it yeah it's quite long that's always the thing with the Del Toro pick it's I would say they're always quite divisive because of how like weird they are sometimes yeah funny they don't they're weird but they're almost like they're, they're still very consumable it's a mm. weird thing about it anyway uh before i talk about what i did we should also preface by saying today we'll be interviewing hallie yes <laughs> um, after who, that very long introduction yeah interviewing hallie who plays the role of michael in our play we'll be having a little 
natter about yeah. everything from sort of inspiration to how the rehearsal pro- process is going for her and all that jazz. And before, I mean, I'm not going to spend too much time on this because I go uh, into a tangent on this with Hatley. <laughs> it makes sense. In the theme of R&R this week, I went to a lovely spa. I went with my good friend Ferdy. Wonderfully chaotic. I was like a kid in a candy store. I kept on going through all the little steam rooms. <laughs> the, what are they? Steam rooms? Hot rooms? Saunas? This, yes. I kept like, because they had about four of them. Oh. And I think I wore Ferdy out so much that he ended up just going on the, the heated stone chairs. <laughs> And um, weirdest fucking lighting. Like, I, I keep on saying it, it was a liminal space. But the, the heated chairs that we had, they it was the darkest corner of this room. And it was, it was, a, bit, it was a very, like, um, low-lit room to begin with. Yeah. But for some reason, they decided to add flickering, like, Rio de Janeiro party lights that would go from red to green to blue in this one weird space. <laughs> so here I was chilling in the steam room. <laughs> well, he, <laughs> he was just trying to nap <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> But yeah, uh, good times all yeah. round. And with that being said, let us transition into our interview. See you on the other side. Have fun. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Hello, Sheila. No. Hello. <laughs> so, Harry, you are our Michael. Yes. Firstly, we've got to do we've got to do the check-in. We've got to do the free questions. So, firstly, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. What colour are you feeling right now? And fuck, Mary kill, <laughs> Lucy, Matthew, Ooh. and Gideon. Can't fuck Otto because he's a pope. <laughs> oh, that is a good question. Okay. Uh, first, I'm doing good, memorizing lines, so I'm. Always the right response, the red mm-hmm. dots going down from your forehead. <laughs> um, the second question is, what color do I feel today? Right? Yeah. Green, I'd say. I'm at peace. Oh, what type other. of green? Uh, like a light green type of thing. Like, you know, when you have like a very nice blue sky and then that type yeah. of green you see when you're in a park, that lovely green. I love that. You really are feeling at peace. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's just today. Saying. It's just today. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, Mary fuck kill. Okay. Yeah, the most important one. It's key to your character. Killing Gideon off. No, no offense to Cecilia. Just <laughs> <laughs> cannot deal with Gideon's like childlike energy, like that brat energy. I cannot. <laughs> okay. Fuck Lucy. Nice. Because mm-hmm. then again, the socialite vibe very gorgeous <laughs> does, that, does that mean you're going to be marrying Matthew I feel like Matthew since he's a general he won't really be at home much so even if you're married it's perfectly fine oh that's a good point okay yeah. does your answer change if we ask who Michael would fuck marry kill I think he'd just kill all of them <laughs> <laughs> what a lovely man He's, he's a time saver. He doesn't have time for a hobby. He's going to do all three at the same time. He's oh. killing, fucking, then marrying. <laughs> That's true. One by one. Take him off. <laughs> you are one of our fabulous cast members, and we're very happy that you're here. But we would like to know what drew you to this play. Why did you audition for us? First of all, I must say, because of the beautiful script that you wrote, Joel. Absolutely right. amazing script. <laughs> uh, I, I think it's more of, uh, first of all, I've really never played a villain. And when I read Michael's like summary, as well as his part of the, like, the audition script, I just loved his character. In the sense that you can tell he's, not gonna lie, quite an asshole, but there's actually so much more to him. Mm. 
Yeah. Like the way you wrote all the characters, it was more of they're all really mean, but the truth is they all have a reason for the way they are. Yeah. Which is what I really liked because it's like it's never easy to be able to give a character justice by actually showing them like both sides of who they really are. And I really like that. It's a very good challenge. And I really like that. Yeah. And another thing is honestly, like I knew you two before like the auditions and I just knew it would be so much fun to like work with you guys. So yeah, thank you. Oh, how wrong you were. <laughs> <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. So you only came into the audition process specifically. You wanted to play Michael. Mm-hmm. We probably asked you this question back in the um, audition process, but were there any other characters you were really drawn to? Um, what specifically about Michael compared to the other characters made you want to play him, go for him? I was also interested in Matthew because weirdly enough, we had this camp when I was a kid where we actually had to do like a military camp for a while. Oh, wow. Yeah. So there was a bit of like background in that. And I, I, was, always in, I was always interested in playing a more authoritative like figure. But specifically with Michael, I think it was more of one really was the fact that he was such a prick. <laughs> Like, I'm very used to playing the very good character, so I'm just like, it would be a really nice switch for once to play a villain. But I think it was more of, with Matthew's character, he's always the type that, oh, very strong, like, literally military figure. But with Michael, it's more of everything that he does is always in his head. Like, it's not like, oh, very forward heavy. It's more of, he will drive you to where he wants you to be without you even realizing, which is what I really wanted to try and do and try and portray. That's so interesting. Now that you've had the whole script, was this sort of a, a thought process that you had even before, like having the whole idea of where your character went? Because we only gave you a very slim extract yeah. where, if I remember correctly, it was um, near, near sort of the end of the play, but you had zero context to the, the way his character had progressed at all. So did you still sort of have that a refined idea of Michael the character? Yeah, actually, because I think with the original uh, audition extract that I had, uh, what it was was that there was a line where he said that he paid off a lot of people on the outside and even through that I could kind of tell he was like oh he's very methodical in what he does but he's always in the very like in the background so no one ever realizes what he's doing but he he's always got a plan he's just it's never going to be clear to everybody else but he's very sure of what he wants and one way or another he's going to get it so obviously you were drawn to the character of Michael also where the concept of the play as a whole sort of fits into that idea of the stuck-up person, the the villain, because they're all sort of villains in the way. So we want to know, what are your thoughts about the play? Is it, does it remind you of anything, of media, TV, etc.? Okay, the premise itself, like, there's a like squid, squid Game, Hunger Games, all that. But uh, I don't know if you guys ever watched the movie that came out, I have no idea when, but called Escape Room? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of felt like it was that. And then my character just reminded me of the character Jason in it. Like the the rich boss who's actually very much goal oriented and doesn't care about anyone else. That's really interesting, actually. Do you have any pop culture characters then, or like real life figures that you are specifically drawing inspiration from for the character of Michael? It was that character, but also um, in the series Lucifer. There's also on Netflix. Yes. Um, the twin brother of Lucifer is called Michael, and he is one manipulative bastard. <laughs> <laughs> And that's really where I'm kind of like drawing inspiration from when I played the character of Michael. It just so happens that the character from Lucifer also has like an American accent. So that does help a lot. Mm. But it's that type of mentality that I'm trying to kind of put into the character as well. Yes. Talking about these inspirations that you've got for your character, how are you finding playing him? 
and taking on this personality sort of is there anything that you're finding particularly difficult about it or anything that you found was quite easy to do in terms of difficulty it's more of I'm not used to playing someone that's so mean yeah <laughs> and hopefully you guys find, like find it's very different from who I am what what do you normally typecast as because I think okay. this is the first time I'm working with you in the dramatic sense Usually I play the uh, more like strong-headed, confident, either female characters or very strong, uh, or like, do you guys know the, the book Secret Garden? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, love that. I played the character Colin, like the little boy who was in the wheelchair. Okay. I played that before. Yeah, yeah. So characters like that. A lot of it tends to be like redemption characters, uh, which is why I honestly love the plays because you gave a chance for all the characters to have like to redeem themselves. I do love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it tends to be like strong-headed, but you can tell that they're very kind at the end of the day. See, I, I can only see you as a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> is this like, are you trying to say something, Max? I'm saying, I'm saying you're a darn good actor. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Thank you. Uh, you know, so unfortunately, you know, if you're if you're gonna ever work with me again, if you know, um, <laughs> you're gonna get typecast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, my lover. We'll see about that. If you give me the audition action, I can give it a go. I'll give it a go. <laughs> I've tried playing Juliet once and apparently it worked pretty well. So like oh. Romeo and Juliet, and apparently it somehow worked, so. Um, uh, oh yeah, back to Joe's question, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, very <laughs> yeah. interesting. Yeah, I, I found it a bit difficult trying to play someone who's so, like, arrogant and so rude. It's definitely fun, I'll say that. It's definitely fun to play something that I've never really done before. It's always a good, it's always fun to have a challenge. I think it's more of figuring out, like, the physicality of it is one. We, we had a lot of fun last time with, like, the physicality rehearsal. That was so much fun. Yeah, it's been... <laughs> It's been discussed and dissected into detail many times already. Oh my god, yeah. I'm glad everyone found it so helpful though, even if it did veer into insanity at some points. I guess what specifically in is the physicality and the vibe? What's the vibe you're going for with um, Michael? How's it? How does it change to other characters you previously played? I think with my other characters are always very obviously fidgety a bit a bit of Gideon to be honest in the sense that they were like that fidgety but with Michael it was so laid back and he's so calm and collected but if you look closely enough you can see the way he's panicking but he's very well composed with his panic what we're working on with your physicality it's the fact that this is a tech bro who no matter what image you know the media tries to paint of him you know starting from nowhere starting in his parents garage it's the idea that wealth has always protected him on top of that he he doesn't care. He doesn't have any regard for anyone else. So, of course, his natural instinct is just going to be laid back chill because that is that's what's worked for him. As Michael, you are. I mean, everyone's everyone's a manipulative bastard in our in our crowd of characters. But what do you think uh, Michael's relationship with the other characters are? Do you think he actually likes anyone here? Is he being manipulated by anyone? Is he manipulating anyone else? He's quite, he's one of the most introverted out of the lot because he is so sort of cool and uh, casual and collected. Um, Definitely he's manipulating everyone uh, as much as he can. I think he sees Gideon as a spoiled brat, just really annoying, just doesn't want to be anywhere near him. Pop Otto is more of, uh, doesn't really care. He knows he's an easy target because he's religious. Matthew is more of, he knows he can play the angle of him being a mass murderer. But I think the one he really has trouble with really is just Lucy. In the script itself, it, he mentions that he'd never expected anybody from their 21st century timeline to be, be there with him as well. But I think it's the fact that she is so different from what he expected any of them to be that he has no idea what angle to even use against her. 
and that's really driving him nuts to like another level. And at the very end, when he realizes there's no chance of winning against her, that's where he's just like, like receded and just given up. But it's, it's still sort of like, I've given up, but I still need to figure you out because it's driving me nuts. So another aspect of the play is the sort of game show, social media, sort of uh, reality TV aspect of it. I wondered, do you watch a lot of reality TV? Is that something you have much experience in? Uh, no, I do not. So I'm a bit like Michael in that sense that I'm a bit, I live under a rock. I don't really watch reality TV. I don't even have TikTok or any of that stuff. Mm. So yeah. yeah, I'm a bit like Michael in that sense. Our figure figureheads like Lucy in the modern day world. How do you, how do you deal with them? Like, what do what do you think about sort of like you know Molly May going on that podcast, sort of you know wrestling on about you know twenty four hours in the day. You know, we all have the same time as Beyonce does. Um, how do you like? How do you interact with that? Because it's there's just such a disconnect it seems with these people. But these are people that we we love and adore them when they're sort of very in a very isolated space. But then as soon as they get out of it, it's almost like we've given this person too much influence on the world <laughs> no, we, we should yeah. not be like celebrating these people but I do it <laughs> I fucking love it I love a bit of reality TV yeah. I love Gemma Collins do I think Gemma Collins should have a platform where she's endorsing the opinions of Boris Johnson no yeah. but here it's, we are it's like we love them when they're in the show when they're in in that different world but when they're sort of brought into our real world they don't really fit yeah. which I think is really interesting Even though obviously we know it's very produced and scripted and everything, we still think of that's still real, what's happening on the TV. But actually, in a way, it's not. It's completely different. The things that work there don't work in real life. I think I'm I'm someone who I I, I don't really listen to their influence as much as possible. I'm someone who believes very greatly on the fact that whatever I choose is my choice. Mm. If somebody else, else has their own opinion, that's perfectly fine. But unless you personally agree with it, then there's no reason for you to follow it. You're, you're fine with people having a platform, but it, it's it's just you need to have the self-control or you need to have the willingness to be able to disconnect from that discourse yeah. and, you know, being able to engage when appropriate. Yeah, because I feel like if you completely follow it, like with your entire life and you don't really have your own choice or your own opinion on what you want to do, it's been, to be honest, uh, I hope this doesn't offend anybody, but it's more of it's your life. You can't just keep following everybody else because at the end of the day, you're going to have to make your own decisions. With reality TV as well, everyone is aware of the fact that stuff is heavily edited. And now that, you know, the, the, the editing helped create a narrative for a person, you've now got to be the one to, you've got to come to your own conclusion of, okay, do I want to, do I want to endorse this person? But it is, it is so interesting that for a character like Michael, who is, who is similarly uh, disconnected, not to compare you to Michael, but you know he's suddenly disconnected because of the, his exorbitant wealth. He doesn't feel the need to engage. But then a character like that being forced into a public venue of spectacle with all these equally terrible people—it's really interesting how he engages with that. I think it's because he's so disconnected to the world that, in a sense, he has a different perspective. Uh, because there's one point where he kind of tells Lucy that the way they see the world is very different, like how they see money is very different as is, how Lucy, uh, who's a social influencer, just spends money and that's it. Whereas he is someone who understands the power of money, understands that if he wants to be more powerful, he needs to earn it. Mm. Uh, he has to work hard to get to get it and then save it so that he can have an influence 
whereas she just spending it and that's her influence. I feel like this is a, a good transition to talk about rehearsals. Firstly, how are rehearsals going for you so far? They're good. Honestly, I love working with everybody, cast and crew. Everybody's just amazing and lovely. Now stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's going a lot quicker than I was expecting. I mean, <laughs> we're surprised we're making so much progress. <laughs> well, not really. <laughs> uh, maybe not the last rehearsal, but the rehearsals before that. <laughs> I mean, the last rehearsal. I can't tell you what we did, but I did enjoy the um, amount of Uno games we were playing. You are not only our shuffler of Uno, you've won the most times, I believe. Don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Is it rigged, potentially? Uh, No, 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 it is not. And I know you guys have been concerned of that, but you guys have developed (laughs) the cards as well. Do you have um, any tips or tricks to give to um, us Uno novices some of us over here in the corner who haven't won any games maybe you <laughs> could do with some tips that's because you decided to <laughs> join forces with fraser who is also the worst player. <laughs> i mean i mean joel you and fraser are literally called the dungaree twins <laughs> and i love that i don't really have any tips honestly it's just i just look at the cards and just go for it i mean you guys said that i had a poker face i didn't even realize that i did have but yeah <laughs> It's just Michael taking over. Oh, God. <laughs> it's totally um, concerning. Yeah. What has been the um, biggest highlight for you? And what's been the, um, I guess, biggest challenge to overcome during um, a rehearsal? It really is working with people because I haven't acted in a while. It's It's been about two years, I think. Going into rehearsals, I was genuinely terrified that I was not going to be able to catch up to everyone else. But then after meeting everybody and how kind they are, it really does make it a very welcoming space to just try out new things and just kind of make a fool out of ourselves, which is really nice. I think it just really is more of like our character work. Also lines, the lines can sometimes be quite a challenge. I know like a few of us have been having a bit of trouble trying to memorize our lines, given the fact like how many they are and like it's really interconnected. We can't really memorize them on our own unless we're all together and then running them. So it's a very quite an intense script isn't it it all it's everything is happening all of the time pretty much you know from the minute everyone's arrived on the stage until the minute they've left you know everyone's talking together as a group there aren't apart from at the end there aren't really duologues or particularly lengthy monologues it's all sort of group talking what has your favorite part of developing the character of Michael been for you what's the journey you've already been on in such a small time I think my favorite Honestly, it is that physicality rehearsal because I had an idea of what I wanted his walk to be or like even just the sound of it when he enters. With the physicality, uh, physicality rehearsal, what was so helpful about it was figuring out more clearly and clarifying the way he just kind of sat down, the way he held himself, mm-hmm. as well as uh, like uh, what, you, uh, what you kind of focus on is which part of our body leads uh, or what type of animal we are. Uh, after like we establish what type of animals that our characters were kind of like. Um, after uh, I figured out that it was more of a jaguar panther for mine, it really made me realize in terms of the eyes, I had to figure out how to make it a little more intense so that it would fit Michael's character even more. So all these little details really did help to kind of physicalize and, manif- and create Michael and make a better picture of him. And you're also, you're our sort of a resident venue experts. As uh, we haven't had a chance to see the King's Arms yet, uh, but you were there uh, before, mm-hmm. weren't you? So you've sort of been helping let us know what's going on. In terms of the venue, it is a lovely venue. It's just right above a pub, so that's amazing. After like wrap up, 
absolutely perfect. Just go down and get a pint. Yeah, you hear that, everyone. Go get, get a pint. Not on us. We won't be. No, <laughs> not on the budget, but if you want to buy us a pint, that's allowed. Yes. Not gonna say no. <laughs> Another thing we have to note is if I remember correctly, it's either on the one of the tech rehearsal days or on one of the performance days. We have your birthday that we need to fucking celebrate. <laughs> Uh, yes, it's actually the first night, so our opening night is my birthday. <laughs> so please, I, I implore everyone who's coming on the first night, buy Hallie a drink. Okay, be, be careful with that. You do not want me hungover the next day because we still have performances. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then I will take Hallie's drinks. <laughs> I don't need to be performing. Yeah, we're not performing. We can take that. Uh, well, yeah, it is exciting, though. Um, it's sort of like going back to the big stage, but also on, a, on my birthday. So that's interesting and so also you are one of our easier characters for costume because you have most of it yourself Uh, would you like to explain sort of what your costume is it's just a full suit and then it's uh, a gray button-up shirt and then it's black tie and that's it's pretty much that's really it it's a very simple outfit very smart though yeah do you think michael has a signature scent I think he most likely would have what I'm not too sure what it would be. I have a I have an inkling. I better be um if be that fucking Dior Savage. That's what I was thinking. Oh, okay, that's true. Or or a bit of a maybe Paco Rabanne Invictus. He's he's one of those guys, I bet. Bit sleazy. Not a Lynx Africa <laughs> kind of lad. No, no, no. He came out of the womb wearing Lynx Africa, but you know. <laughs> He's evolved, he's matured. What are you most looking forward to when it comes to rehearsals? I'm really looking forward to like when everybody has a line, like everybody's memorized their lines and we're just going into the character. Because I feel like while we still have the script in our hands, it's a bit difficult to fully embody the character. So it would be quite interesting to see how it will all completely look like when everybody's just being this really manipulative like character yeah. and just um and then just see the switch between our characters versus us. Yeah. I feel like that's always a good, like, it's always very nice to see, like, the transformation between an actor and their character. Mm. I really can't wait to see that. Before we go, this is completely unrelated, but I've just got to tell you about my spa, Jay. Oh, yes, that was a two-person experience. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> amazing. Okay, concert, the reason why I bring this up is me being the divine inspiration. Hallie, um... Before was it before you celebrated Lunar New Year or yes. after? Before you were like, get a little bit of R and R, get a, a nice um, massage in Chinatown. Firstly, how was that for you? Well needed, well needed. After like a month of exams, I just needed a massage. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> how intense was yours? Mine wasn't too intense. It was just like just right. I would say that. Yeah. Why yours? <laughs> to ask yeah, that okay. question. Um, I would say the experience of the spa was probably better than the actual massage itself because I I, I did ask for a firm one because I was thinking, okay, a lot of older clientele go here. Their idea of firm is probably like, oh, a little, a little tickle. <laughs> they were fucking kneading me with their elbows. <laughs> I've never felt so stressed out at a spa. <laughs> the, the way they do the towels, I felt like a fucking piece of meat. So yeah, I, I just wanted you to compare experiences. Did you not tell them to like uh, maybe soften? <laughs> I mean, bit? Mama, I've been doing January exams as well. I thought, oh, I probably need, I need this. I deserve it. Uh, the question is though, after that massage with the elbows, <laughs> did you feel relaxed like afterwards when you've had the chance to like pass out? 
<laughs> yeah, to be honest, the spa was one of the most liminal spaces I've ever been to. So after my sort of backbreaking massage, I just popped into the chill out room. Fucking weirdest face ever. They had a steam room. I was pumping in eucalyptus scented water. <laughs> it was insane. I loved it so much. It looked like a murder scene about to happen. Oh my God. The pictures in. <laughs> I fucking loved it. So, um, I mean, I'm glad you had a better experience. <laughs> I enjoyed it, but I just, I felt like I was in an episode of The Twilight Zone. One last question before you go, because we did drop this on Cecilia as well. If you were watching the trial uh, that is going on in the play yourself, would you vote? How, you know, if you did vote, how would you vote? How would you feel about it? I would not be okay with it. Not at all. Like, um, I'm the type that believes that life is quite precious regardless of what a person has done I, sh- I would always say give them a chance or just execute them so yeah I think I'd be very uncomfortable about if I was watching a trial like that that's con- kind of voting people off mm-hmm. uh, but I think I would understand from other people's perspective that they do vote but for me personally I'm not the type that would you think even if it was someone who is almost universally despised like Jeff Bezos do you think you would still struggle to like engage with voting? I would struggle. I, I would say there's the other punishment that could ha- be put onto them, but in terms of voting to execute them, I think that's a little too extreme because yeah. people can change. I, I I heavily believe that people can change for the better. Yeah. Uh, it's just you have to give them the right chance. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yes, I believe that you. is the end of our interview. Mm-hmm.